How are you guys doing? Welcome over here. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped. We got Willie, myself, and we got a stalled out Ukrainian front. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on here. Uh, I, was, I was told about this video that I have never seen in my entire life. I watched about a minute 30 of it, and it's absolutely yeah. mind-boggling. I thought you'd seen it. I've I showed you, and you're like, what the f*** is this? No, and I'm like, never what do you mean it. you haven't seen so this? This is, this is kind of nuts. I watched about a minute, maybe two minutes and 30 something. something. It, was like, it wasn't very long. I didn't watch, it's 13 and a half minutes. But the thing is, what he's talking about at the very beginning is it's so true, and I, and I, and I want to watch it and give you guys... My God honest opinion right out the gate, this is a KGB defector that is talking about what is going on in the U.S. public opinion. And it's actually phenomenal. From, from, from the very beginning, it's very good. And I think it's good to share with you guys. We got Willie, uh, who has done copious amounts of research on it. So we're going to go ahead and kick this thing off right out the, the gate. Something I want to say on this too, was I should have known more. I ordered two books on like this guy's books to read before this episode. But my Amazon address... Is in Australia. Is 16,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Australia. So. Lily's like, oh, you had to order two books. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn. But there's a lot. And, and I apologize in advance. There are some things on this. I'm going to just have to go down the line of like um, to, to some definitions. I'm just going to let you go but and do your thing. This guy worked for the KGB. But he like, people think the KGB was just spies. There's many different facets of the KGB and something very interesting to look into. There's a podcast Lex Friedman does with a guy who's very recent. Um, what's his name? Ken something uh, off the top of my mind. But he's actually a KGB spy who's defected. But he talks about how these many different elements. And this guy was actually more in the media element. So people wrongfully say that he was a spy like your James Bond type of spy. No, what this guy's job was, was more like the propaganda side where they're doing like the media. So intelligence community, that is just as important, if not more than your James Bond sort of figure on the front. But it's just something as well to put in about this guy, as well as many people have actually pointed at some of the successes that he says, I'm going, oh, the authenticity of his success isn't as much as he would like to say. So that's a bit of a... What's the disclaimer before we go into this? But it, 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 I think this would be very eye-opening and interesting for a lot of people. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of, of, of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or 
active measures, активные мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. Now, you know what's kind of crazy about what he just said? I just want to throw this out there. It took 15 to 20 years to do it. Granted, we're past the 15 to 20-year mark. We're just over 30 from, well, actually close to 40 now from when this was filmed. But he is 100% right what is going on here in America. The whole generational flip, the whole new generation. I don't even know what, what do you want, Y generation now or whatever it is. I don't even know what, whatever this new generation. They, they're against their own self-preservation of maintaining arms. They don't, yeah. The guns are, are not a thing. They are 100% like I have more people now are against the, I, the, the, the thing that's sitting behind me. This, this thing right here offends more people now than it ever has in the history yeah. of anything yeah. like ever, ever. Which is insane. That, that, that this piece of cloth, if, if that was their goal back in the 80s, was to be at the yeah. current situation America's in now, they did a phenomenal job S doing it. See, I actually think you've, you, we've skipped over some numbers there. So I've got, I've got literally like 10 pages of notes. Here, but you're, you're incredibly correct in what you say. But what he talks about of this ideological subversion and then active measures and psychological warfare. So this is what the KGB have. And what they're talking about is 15% is espionage, being spies. But 85% of what the KGB did was that. Now, the KGB is was, I should say, it's collapsed now. And it's, it collapsed into the FSB and GRU. As well, so the GRU is the military intelligence. Uh, the FSB is in place, the KGB, but nowhere near as powerful. So, what we know is they're doing a lot of that, and they was very successful with it as well. And that it comes down to a four-step plan, being demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. Now, step one, demoralization. He says in this, fifty to seventy years, do demoralize the country and what you're talking about is things like suicide rates um, education uh leninism marxism ideologies in america which we have seen that 30 years ago only 30 years ago you would say anyone with a hammer and sickle is, like, on a t-shirt in america is a communist or an extremist where now we're seeing that it, at parades at march things like this and you're like, you don't know what that actually means. You you don't understand what Marxism, communism, Leninism actually meant. You're like, there's a good set of books called the Gulag Archipelago that's like notes basically from the Gulag that managed to get it. And you're like, you don't understand what those actually did. But I'll go back. So step one was demoralization, where he says it will take 50 to 70 years to complete. You're talking about occupying areas, as he says, half-baked. So occupying areas of power, being the civil services, media, things like that. So you occupy areas of power and that can be education, your professors in schools, things like that. Uh, and then you expose them to authentic information, then it won't change their mind. And that's what he says. Is you even, once you completely do this, even exposing to authentic information, you still won't change people's minds. For example, and this is going to be a point of which people call me out on, if I said men, on, a, on typically men, are far stronger than women. At the same age. Now, that is a completely authentic, truthful information. 
every bit of biology would back me in that. The 25-year-old man, averaged, average, there is a physiological difference. But where he is saying in this, that even you expose them to authentic information, then people won't believe it. And that's part of this demoralization step that's one. Been, that's step one. They have 100% completed that here in America. We'll say 50 to 70 years. And the then, then step two, which he will say the time frame on this, but step two is then destabilization, saying that really they don't care about your views. They just want to push you against each other. So basically what he's saying is, well, what we want to do is demoralize you. Now, we don't care if America has right or left-wing views. What we want to do is pin you against each other. And that is exactly what has happened in America, I believe, is there absolutely people are pinned against each other. That they're, uh, Most people, if you actually went, if you wrote down what is important to most people, there would be a 99% Venn diagram overlap. But of the 1% we don't agree on, that is complete, utter destabilisation between us. People will not see eye to eye. People will... You mentioned Biden at some houses, you mentioned Trump at others, and you're just like, I'll never be that person's friend. I'll never, like, absolutely. And then you have step three, which is crisis, and step four, um, which is then the normalisation. So then you normalise that in the society. So it is very interesting. Now, on this as well, and this is, there's going to be me talking on some of this stuff, but this is Yuri Bezmanov, and he is known um, as Thomas David Schumann, that was his name, after he left the Soviet KGB as a defector. He was born in 1939, but in Moscow. And he worked as a journalist and propaganda officer for Novosti, which is the press agency of the Soviet Union. And he specialised in disinformation and manipulation techniques aimed at influencing public opinion. And then he defected to the West in the 70s. So that's what he did, was exactly what we're seeing in the media as manipulation um, and disinformation coming through. That's what this guy specialised in for his field of ideological um, subversion, which is the long-term strategy to subvert and eventually overthrow governments by manipulating the ideological and cultural foundations of society. Well, and as an American, do you believe that there is this undercutting of the cultural foundations of America? Yeah, I mean, the whole... America has changed drastically over the last 10 years. Yeah. Insane amount. But... Like, like it's actually kind of embarrassing amount, to be honest with you. Mm. To a certain point where certain things you can't even bring up in public. Like, right now, I went to... So, I last week, I went to that, that concert, for instance. Here's a very good point. I went over to the... It's, it's so ironic, because the people don't even realize this, but they're like, man, Modelo's became a very large... It's almost so ironic. It, they're like, uh, Modelo's the number one drank beer here at this this thing I was at. It was at a concert. Well, people are so naive, they don't even they don't even realize. They won't, like Bud Light, there was none being drank. Like, when I, I know this is going to, people are going to, this may piss some people off. But legitimately, the entire fucking thing, all the way through across all the, the shelves of a, a beer, it was like a couple Michelobes, full stacks of Bud Light, barely any like Miller and Coors, and barely any Modelo. And the people shouldn't drink a Modelo not realizing it's owned by the same fucking company that owns Bud Light. Yeah. But they don't want to be caught red-handed or dead in a, with a photo with a Bud Light right now. Well, that, that happened the other day when we were in, um, what's the state just to the north of Texas? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. A guy came in to buy the, the, the six-pack. And they made fun of him right there for I didn't know what he was talking about when he goes, you're buying tranny fluid. I was like, yeah. huh? You didn't get that? Because I was thinking, no, I, I got oh, it eventually. Okay. Yeah. But I was like, transmission? 
what are this and this fucking like, <laughs> they sell that here but i, I didn't yeah i, I didn't they pick up on it straight away but lo- like i was gonna say it is, it's worth noting that his perspective has has been largely criticized and debated by a lot of scholars and analysts as well but i think it is very interesting to go over that you know that demoralization and the proudness of being an american that's like, pretty much gone that people would think if you fly a flag like i guarantee you flying the American flag at the front of your house, people would see that as a racial thing or as whatever. But it's patriotism. But people see that as againstism of things. It's He's done a great job. And it's mainly just one side of the aisle that's really been pushing. What makes you wonder who is on that side of the aisle that's a part of this whole scheme, if they are a part of the whole scheme. But it's both sides pushing. But that's like they say, is that... The step two is destabilization. That you it. don't care which side wins. Mm. You need to destabilize it. And my notes in here is that um, Russia would lose a war directly against America in a conventional war, excluding nuclear weapons, where there is not a winner. Um, but what we're going to look at is the long term actions set in motion by the infamous KGB. And as well, they would lose the war. There's no doubt of that. But we'd all lose. Like, yeah, it's fucked. But. You know, that, that ideological space. It's very interesting. All right. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. So as you guys could tell, Willie's clearly watched this video all the way through. He, he already caught you guys up on a few points that this guy was discussing about how long it takes, what they were doing, and the fact that you actually used the same thing. He said, white is white, is black is black. It is, it's, it's just, how do I put this? Is this actually still going on? That's my question. The KGB is completely folded. But did they have such a grip in, uh, on the on the media that we have going on today in America, or the world? I guess you say, or they is this whole plan still 
kind of being followed through with? So I, I believe in reading into this plan, and I've read a lot of a lot of this. Is, this is like, one of those, was, like a train in motion you couldn't really stop? That's the, so. This is what I was going to say. Was he mentioned something interesting in that, and I got one thing out of my notes wrong. So the first stage, he, he talks fifteen to twenty years, but the total plan, you're talking if you add up all the stuff, you're talking fifty to seventy years. But once it has so much momentum that it didn't matter that the so what he will say is it doesn't matter that the Soviet Union doesn't exist because what we've done is we've educated over the um, the first 20 years and put in this destabilization and then once it's in it, it compiles on itself it, it's a self-going thing and all we needed to do was if we got into the education system into the media then it, it's a self-influencing thing and it rolls on itself from there so that that is it and that's where the destabilization and crisis comes in then it's out of their hands. So my belief is the the GRUG and the FSB have very little influence. They still definitely have influence social media-wise, but as far as to the degree he's saying now, probably not. But if you believe in what um, he's saying, that you would you would say, if, if he's correct, that it was put in motion and it's going forward, that he's saying you need the leaders of media, the leaders of education, and you look in those that... Media and education, the arts, say, as a very blanket of that, tends to be, in America at least, dramatically represented by the left. Hold on, you know, you know just for some reason, it just like blew my mind right now. You're talking about teachers, and what is like the number one thing over the last 12 months, I guess two, two years probably, probably 24 months, that we've been dealing with here in America is, oh my, it's been teachers... And uh, the, I mean, you know, know what I'm talking about? Like all the videos we've seen come out of what they've doing the kids inside of schools oh, and like all the yeah. flags and all the really random stuff. Yeah. That's like been like one, it's either the border, Biden doing crazy stuff or like the teachers, they aren't your kids. You yeah. know what I mean? Like these are our kids. Like that's like the whole thing. Yeah. My God, I've never, like this is now just hitting me like right. Yeah. So that's his thing is if you educate these people, like he's saying, you educate them. That takes that 15 to 20 years from you're four years old to, you know, 2025, which is your, once you're that person, you're that person, that you've got them and then they go to position of power, they start influencing for you. So the KGB goes from the 200 officers doing this or 2,000 officers, I don't know, doing that, then to spread across a population of your own people doing it. And he talks then that it would take so long to swing it back around because... 10 or 15 years to educate another batch of patriots. And he says, common sense people acting in the interests of society. So uh, for those open to the Soviet concept to be exterminated. So what he says is then it's going to take, once that's in play, then you need to educate a whole nother bunch of people that then catch up to those positions of power to then get that out. But Marxist and Lenin, Lenin's regimes, which are the two, um, well, they're not two, they're two of, you've got, Capitalism, socialism, communism, Leninism, Marxism as well. Now, a lot of those can be grouped individually, and we'll talk about that, but then it would take that long to get over that. But the those regimes don't tolerate these people either. So what it's saying is that own malignant growing factor of you know putting this in to create the destabilisation, demoralisation crisis, that also tries to prevent the uprising in another area. So the nail that sticks his head up gets hammered down. And if you were a student at school, put your hand up and go, oh, miss, but I, an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old boy, and I believe I'm stronger than another 12-year-old girl. Now, biologically, he'd be correct. 
And of course, those gaps as he ages through puberty will become greater. But that will get squashed down. So you're saying those regimes you put in place also put that down. So I have a question. What's more American than a bald eagle? The 4th of July is almost here, and that means that a couple of things are going to be happening. Barbecues, pool parties, and last but not least, glizzies. Yes, glizzies. I think you'd be pretty good at, a, at that. What is a glizzy? Oh, God. Pull it up on your phone and just take a gander. And that just has, so happens to be uh, the sponsor of today's episode, which is Manscaped. They're making sure all the glizzy gladiators across the nation are groomed for battle on America's birthday. From sea to signing she... From sea to signing... I mean... From sea to shining sea, join over 8 million pube patriots worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer to you guys right now. That's 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Yes, could. That's 20% off and free shipping worldwide using code SPEAK. Yes, at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping worldwide using code SPEAK. Talk about American Dream. This is, this is it right here. Having, having your balls freshly shaven, swinging around prepped and ready for the old day we all know what's going to be happening all those balls are going to be swinging so manscaped has helped my confidence a little bit because i i now can prop my leg up on the wall shave it perfectly without having to worry about trimming and like my sack itself i don't have to have any bleeding sensations ever happen ever again because it just doesn't happen i've got a little light down there i can see because you know manscaped has helped me out a ton so it's the only right way to start off america's favorite the performance package 4.0 inside this package you're going to find their lawnmower which is a 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver which is for your balls it's a deodorant excuse me crop preserver which is a ball deodorant crop reviver toner make those things suck up be all nice and squishy like and well, they're good. Performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold everything. So first off, the lawnmower makes you feel good. You guys can zzz, absolutely get it. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. It's also waterproof. So if you need to do it in the shower, it's got a this 400K LED. You're good. You guys are golden. Oh, if you guys didn't know, last thing here, the Manscaped decided to throw in two free gifts to the Performance 4.0 package. That is anti-chafing boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your crotch comfort to another level. So... That's pretty much what we got for the diehard Patriots who want to rock a dirty stash and go to by the pool. They got you guys covered. Beard and Hedger Pro Kit. So take your freedom bells to the next level by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off your order right now with free shipping using code SPEAK at checkout. Yes, get independence back with your independence day and lock your confidence with Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use code SPEAK to get 20% off and free shipping. No matter where you're at in the world, give your balls the shaving they need, men. Get after it. I'm not even going to say women because women don't have balls, but you know what I mean. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. And yet these people who've been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, Obviously, they will revolt. So he speaks of this, of when you actually see what total equality or equity 
and social justice actually means. Now, this is the Soviet Union, what they somewhat tried for is you'll, the idea of communism is you'll all be looked after, you'll all be paid, all this, but communism has not worked anywhere in the world. And when he talks quotal, uh, sorry, um, total equality and social justice, how does that actually look in play? Now, how does it sound? It might sound fantastic. We all earn the same money, regardless of effort put in. But then what you'll have is you still have hierarchical structures. So you still have a hierarchy it, it, it's impossible to get rid of. That's when you have dictators like this and uh, oligarchs. But he speaks of that. And then what you'll see is things like unhappiness, broken families, that why would you work if you're all getting the same? The capital structure is not perfect, but absolutely not. But it has good things within it as well. And it is the best system that, that we know. And he speaks of this, and there's an interesting quote. It's an old thing from um, people who lived in the Soviet Union, was, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. And that is the ultimate downfall of com- communism, is total fairness. It doesn't make... Like, you, you for effort, there's no exchange there. Hmm. Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they Obviously, they will join the links of dissenters, Mm-hmm. dissidents. Yeah. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. So there he talks about the beautiful, noble ideas, that those people will not rise to the top of that. Now, there are two definitions people will need to know before going on with this, is the Marxism, which we have seen a huge, huge rise of Marxism in, in, the, in the West, massive, and Leninism. And the, I'll just do a brief overview. So Karl Marx uh, was born between 1883, and he's literally just a political activist identifying for Marxism, which has become an absolute massive political activist thing at the moment. So simply put, and this is how I wrote it out, Marxism is a theory created by Karl Marx and uh, Frederick Engels that argues society is divided into two main classes, the wealthy capitalists, the bourgeoisie, and the working class being the proletariat. It claims that the capitalist system is unfair because the capitalists exploit the workers for their labour. So you have a pencil factory, the CEO gets paid more than the person making the pencils. Marxism suggests that the working class will eventually rise up in a revolution and establish a socialist society where resources are shared equally amongst everyone. The ultimate goal is to create a classless society that is known as communism. So Marxism is the beginning of that. So you have no classes, and that the working class rise up. And we're seeing a we're lot seeing of that's, that's pretty much happening in California in certain states as of right now. They're trying to make everything pretty much equal, square across the board, inside of certain companies as, as well. There should, there's no... My, me being... I, I enjoy business. I, I'm not great at it, but I enjoy it. I, I would say capitalism is great because it forces people to try to strive more than their peers because then they know they get more benefits out of it if someone's going to get paid no one's going to work hard 
That's just the way that works. Like no one's gonna work. That, that's exactly what I said. If they prepare, know, they, they pretend to buy us, and we pretend yeah, to it's work. Just, it's just it's just not a not a thing. But I think I also think it's a lot of people that they may not entirely believe in the system. The system fits them personally because they're either too lazy or they don't really understand how to advance inside their little where they're working at. Like I think that that narrative fits them personally so they're like i'm going to attach myself to this because i'm pretty much have been a loser my entire life and this kind of fits well for me yeah it's, and, you know you know what else yeah. is a good way to look at it? i i it's going to also piss some fucking people off i don't care i absolutely hate the fucking idea of student debt loan repayment bullshit mm-hmm. i hate that there's there's no way on god's green earth here in america that we should be paying back somebody else's fucking loan you don't, I, I, I'm not asking you guys out there who have student loan debt who are looking to have it fucking repaid. Okay, my house now fucking is, a, is, is my student loan. Pay it fucking back. I mean, I didn't go to school, so I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be having to pay for your fuck. You know, and that, that's the kind of thing that... Yeah. But that also is one of those kind of things we talked about at the very beginning, where you have a driving wedge between two different sides of the aisle. That is one of those kind of things it, that is one of those exactly. driving wedges right there. Exactly. But this is what they're saying is they don't care how they do it. Now, so they're doing this, a phenomenal job. This, this may look like, um, because the, the more successful uprising we've had is the left. So a lot of the examples you and I will probably use is from the left. But what he's basically saying, if you're into it, is we don't give a shit. We don't care if we destabilize left to right. All we need to do is pin them against each other. And even up until, I believe, probably 17, until Trump went into power, the differences in left and right were like this. And you're down to five, but you'd be whatever. like, whatever. But I have lo- like I have friends that won't talk to me because, well, I'd be like, well, I don't believe in X. But then uh, there's other, even, even I'm influenced by them. Like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, back in the day, we had no, I, we didn't care. Kids, I didn't know what left and right wing politics was until about four years ago. But now you ask any 15-year-old, and they will know. Exactly. They might even know who Karl Marx is. Karl Marx died pre-1900s. And his book is one of the best-selling books. And people know who he is. And between those years, he was seen as like, yeah, he's fucking, at least in the Western world, like, that's fucking crazy communism. Like, no. Where now you see this rise. And the thing is, the world is hard and capitalist societies are hard because you see people up here driving a Ferrari and you go, why does he deserve that? And I've got nothing. And it doesn't exactly match the be- the um what you get. Your benefits don't exactly match your output. Now, in a lot of careers it does, but it doesn't in some areas. There are people working on the coal face 12 hours a day who work way harder than some people making millions on OnlyFans. So, yeah, there is an inequality there, but that is just part of the system. And that's the part where would say, yeah, that's one of the bad bits about capitalism, but it's, it's like oh, well, get over it. Unlike you look at communism, how many people do you think communism has killed around the world? <laughs> Millions. Well, so... <laughs> you can't tell so me between, look, at North, look at North Korea. <laughs> so between Mao in China... Yeah. So, so Mao, Stalin, are uh, arguably worse than Hitler. Yeah. So communism, it's somewhere in the vicinity of 100 million people million have died because of that. So the next thing we need to break down, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm for sorry, I laughed. That was funny, but you know what I meant. Is Leninism. Is the second one. So Leninism... Oh, we haven't, we haven't fucking broken that down yet. Good. No, no, but... What on a willy rant. <laughs> it needs to be known the actual definition. Because yeah. I actually think if people knew the definitions, they'd be like, oh, I don't actually... Or see it in practice. Like, oh, no. So 
Leninism, but political ideology and a variant of Marxism that was developed by Vladimir Lenin, who's the leader of the Bolshevik Party, the architecture of the Russian Revolution. Um, Leninism shares many principles of Marxism, but the key differences are the way it goes about the actual structure. And I think this might be interesting relating to this. So to get Leninism, you've got multiple steps. You've got the first step is the Vanguard Party, which emphasises the necessity. You just need to dumb it down for us. Okay. Dumb it down for a guy that so, has never been finished. I thought I'd dumb this down. So no, the Vanguard Party is basically a highly uh, disciplined centralised revolution of organised people. See, that's not dumbing to, it down. So, I'm fucking talking about so the, make this shit okay. with crowns. Okay. Vanguard Party. You have, let's, two let's, have you seen Black Sails, the pirate show? The Vanguards I have not, are the ones that basically, when the pirate ships come up, and they shelling each other, they're the first ones to go on the boat. So they're like the first okay. ones in. So they're a centralised party that want to have revolution. So you could say the vanguard for, if you tried to do a right-wing revolution, the vanguard would be Hitler in the 30s, the first sort okay. of uprisings yeah. of this. And then you've got the imperialism. So it places a particular focus on imperialism as the highest stage of capitalism. So... Lenin argued that imperialism is characterised by the export of capital to colonies and domination of the monopolistic um, corporations. So basically saying that capitalism leads to then imperialism as well. So it shows that an um, extended balance of power, so far imbalance. And you've got Elon Musk and then you've got Willie Broke. Elon Musk, a trillion dollars, whatever he's got. The three is the revolution of the state. The step three is... Marxism and Leninism both advocate for the overthrow of the capitalist um, system through a revolution, but Leninism introduces the concept of dictatorship of the proletariat. So, as we spoke before, that proletariat, that is the working class. So, the dictator, the dictatorship will be by the working class. The working class will overthrow that. So, what you're saying is a pencil factory. The CEO earns a million dollars and the workers get paid $30,000. People go, well, they do all that. Why is there an imbalance of money? Well, he wears all the risk. He wears all the risk. If it goes bust, he goes broke. But there, that, there's an imbalance of power there. Absolutely. And, and then they're therefore in capitalist system, balance of money. And what he's saying is that eventually the working class will overthrow that. And you can see this with very successful labour stuff that it can actually overthrow the head power in that. And that Leninism placed a strong emphasis on centralised party structure and discipline. Argued that tightly controlled and disciplined vanguard party with a hierarchical edge um, organisation and strict adherence to party lines. So that initial party doesn't go off that at all either. And the hierarchy is very strict. Um, but it, that is necessary and effectiveness for it. Um, while they recognise the importance of organisation, they have a higher degree of centralisation over Marxism. So that it's more hierarchical structure rather than from the bottom up. It, it's very similar, but there are key differences. But the one common theme is that they're all to overthrow from the bottom up. Basically, it's it's, it's bottom down economics, not top down economics like See, we have. Would you just the last like thirteen seconds? That's called crown. That's how you should have been fucking doing it the entire time. All right, guys. I apologize. Skip through the fucking last four minutes and you just get its top-down hierarchy, flip it upside down. It's pretty much, that's all it is. That's pretty much what he was just trying to explain. That's I mean, that's what I got at least. I have a hard time, by the way. If, if it's, so like with me, if it's not a bullet pulling email, I'm not fucking reading it. If it's a long text, I don't read it. I legitimately, look, have you seen this? this you're, you're going to fucking laugh at this. I'm not even fucking with you. Look at my... Look how many unread texts I have. 
Right oh, here. Jesus. 536. If it's too long, I won't fucking read it. Look That's at, just what I'm saying. Look at my laptop screen currently. I wouldn't read that. Look at all That's this. Look at this. Look at my fucking screen. No, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I couldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, quick, fast, Leninism, shit. Marxism, shit. Move on. Truth, fast. I apologize. This they don't understand, and uh, it will be greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. Bananas out of the ears, kick him in the fat bottom. That's pretty much all I wanted to pause this for. I love this. I think there's an important point in this as well, where he says, if I took them to the Soviet Union, they wouldn't believe it. Now, we have books, movies, everything on how cruel the Soviet Union was, how many tens of millions died, tens and tens of millions died due to this ideology. Yet, there is, and I actually believe in both sides, politics in America, this growing um, almost love and okay, for the Soviet Union. People will say, oh, the Soviet Union was better, or I'd be happier there than here. People, people, like, people won't believe what the social un so Soviet Union, social un Soviet Union actually was, although it's available information to them. You could say the Soviet Union killed 10 to 20 million Ukrainians in the early 1900s. And people will still defend communism and social Soviet Union. So basically, America is stuck with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, no, normalcy and, and uh, patriotism. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy. This is actually kind of interesting because we were just talking about it a second ago. It's only been since Trump, so say the last five years, six years. And this is exactly what this guy's talking about. That's pretty much when we've seen everything kind of crumble. The only thing we have going for us is our economy is not as, as bad as people think it is. It's not great. It's not nearly as bad as, say, China's. Our defense still... Up there, number one, foreign relations. Right now, foreign relations is not terrible, other than with China and Russia. 
and I guess, I don't know, all the other countries that really don't matter to us when it has to do with trade and anything to do with war stuff. Like, I mean, we don't really care too much about Africa that much. We only, we're only really messing with Africa because Russia's inside of Africa. South America is really not really, think about it, they're not really part of our, our ecosystem here in America. Maybe not yet. That's what I'm but saying. Right now, they're not really. You've got to remember these are countries with a billion people, a shitload of resources, and China and Russia that's have far only, more influence there. That's than the we only do. reason why we're there. 100%. But the, the influence we have there. there is nowhere in comparable. I, I know. I've been, I've, been to the, I've been to the Congo. I've been all over the southern portion of Africa. And I know for a fact that we don't have a very large foothold there. But I can tell you why we probably don't. The economy is not really, it's not there. But they are sucking the resources right out of the center of that country. Or mm-hmm. that, excuse me, that continent. Which is just absolutely insane. But uh, other than that, we're, America's pretty much okay. I mean, we're best friends with the person that we dropped a nuke on. So there is that. Yeah, I th- I think people in America um, underestimate how many people do not like America as a country. No, I don't think America. The majority of the world. I, I think a lot of normal, like myself, I know a lot of the people dislike and hate us. Yeah. I think it's mostly the younger generation that has never actually left the country. Like they, they think the whole world is like America. That's the fucking problem. I think there's this element too, though, of people that were grew up maybe through the eighties and nineties when America was the shit, the shit, and a true like the the influence they had over the world and the balance of power was insane. That have that attitude too. It's like those things of those American alien movies where it's like alien comes and it's like the Earth and it's just like America and yeah. just a a blank globe. And I think a lot of people with that idea and you're like if every other great Society, the Romans, the Greeks, whoever, has had as much global influence, arguably more, than America has, and they have fallen, and that America could potentially still. The only way America is going to fall, nukes, and world ends, destabilize from the inside out. But but that's what he's talking about. I know that's what I'm saying. Destabilize from the inside out. Do you see that there is crisis as far as destabilization between the parties regarding foreign relations? Uh, economics and the military. I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what he's saying is it's infighting in that that the Republicans and the Democrats, you know, they were pretty. If you've got centre, you've got right and left to centre them, sort yeah. of like this. And now they've grown like this. That it, there it's, is no middle. Trump would never have existed without the Democrats going that way, and nor and both ways. Biden would have never existed without a. And this is that. Well, Biden's always Biden's existed since the seventies and so. No, 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 but but the reason he's never had any real influence was that the, or that way of the party, and this is why Biden leans into things which he has spoken against. He's ab- absolutely spoken against gay marriage, things like. I this, but they know they have to lean into that further. But the thing is, and then the no right, what he's even talking about, like this morning, what was he? What did he say this morning? God save the queen. God save the queen. Who's Queen's not alive the, anymore? The queen, yeah, is the God save dead? the king. Like, what the, what, what like, is he talking about? But but the. But with the right known too, they need to lean in further too. And that grows exactly the destabilization. The influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, The next stage, of course, is crisis. It it, it may take only up to six weeks to to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in in Central America now. 
And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Wow, that's actually kind of interesting. After, after the virus thing, that's pretty much what was being pushed the entire time, was we will come in and we will save everybody, and everybody was self-reliant on the government for I don't even know how long. Mm. And then we paid for it for about a year. Still kind of paying for it. To be honest I guarantee you, you're paying for We're it. We're still paying for it now, to be honest with you. And I got, and I got, and I took the, I took it right up the rear there. I didn't get nothing out of that whole deal. Mm. I didn't get nothing. People were getting paid left and right. I didn't get nothing. Yeah. I was the one that was paying everybody shit. But that's what's talking about. That's the it's capitalism. They create the crisis. And you have a yeah, crisis. Cr turn people crisis. against each other. Yeah. And I think, I think a big part of this could be the next election. If Trump wins, we're going to see riots across. America, I believe. That's fine. They've been doing it forever, but it's uh, if Trump wins, which I don't know if he will. I don't really care if he does. I if it was between him and DeSantis, I'm voting DeSantis anyway. So it doesn't really. But I believe that's it. what because we know that the um, the Russians had influence on the elections. We absolutely know they did. Now, how what degree? Then we don't know. But I believe that could be part of the crisis because they're like, hey, this guy gets in. We can further influence that crisis from the destabilization period we have had in some influence on. Mm. Man, my mind is like melting right now. I'm sure the comments are also melting too. Normalization. So when it becomes normal. So imagine this. Back in the 60s, they walked in. And I'll just use this example for America, and you can correct me um, on certain bits. But they said we want to, if they said we're going to ban these um, these short weapons with the, with the ones you can take the butt stock off, everyone would go, no but you do it over a period of time and you get that normalization. So you ban high capacity mags, you ban What does whatever. that even mean? So what does a high capacity mag mean? I want you to explain oh, that to me. So I'm guessing it's over 10 rounds or something. You're guessing, but you don't know. No, I don't know, but I know like, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is you won't do it slow. So you'll normalize it in. Yeah. So they're going over a period of normalization where back in the day, if you said you want the gun laws of today, People would have gone, fucking no. But if you do that over a period of 40 years by increments, then that's what you'll end up with. That's why everybody's moving to Texas. The idea of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just throw that out there. That's why literally half of California has literally moved from Texas. Have you seen how expensive it is to have bring a U-Haul out of California? No. It is fucking hilarious. Right. To bring one in, it's like $700. To bring one out, it's like four grand. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a really great quote about this, and I'll get this wrong, but it's like you... Um, you overthrow an empire by one minor step at a time. That's not the correct quote, but that is the idea of what comes out of it. And that that's the way to overthrow the empire. It's not war. It's one small step at a time, and you're itching away at it. And people would claim that 
there are, but it's slowly, slowly itching away at the things that I'll use for, for instance, the Second Amendment. That it's become, oh, we had this, and oh, but that bit's all right, that bit's all right, and it choo 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 to eventually where you've got nothing, but it's then normalized over that period. So, what I'm getting at is there are things we take day to day as normal that 30 years ago our parents or our grandparents would have been like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, we've accepted it as normal, and that's that normalization process. So, our grandparents would have been like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, we've accepted it as normal, and that's that normalization process. Never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media, and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. United States is in the state of war. Undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system, however ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy. Whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking, but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to. Okay, well, I don't want to be that guy, but it is 2023 and I guess the time bomb hasn't gone off yet. No. It could be just starting now again. I have no idea. I don't think anybody really knows. This is this is all just for people just to kind of see what could happen, I guess, and could play out. It didn't play out to what he was thinking, or maybe I guess they must have shifted some stuff around, or maybe just because the Soviet Union fell a few days, what, four years later or two years later? The Soviet Union started coming unraveled at the end of 88, yeah, but it became... Um, completely done. Yeah, yeah, done 91. Wall fell. That's cool. Berlin, where the wall was, yeah, I mean, is seen really of interesting. Yeah, they, when I was in... Belgium, they have like a big thing for, I don't know, when mm. I was, I went to, uh, if you have not been there yet, you're missing out, by the way, um, going to all those, Bastogne, oh, oh my yeah. God, yeah. Oh my, I'm going to Bastogne again, mm. in the wintertime, we're not going to talk about that. Unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins, this is it, this is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the, um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, Nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to a prison inmate. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of United States population is convinced 
that the danger is real. They have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Not really entirely sure. He's talking about homo homosexuals there. I think this is probably because this was in the 80s and it was like really frowned upon. Joey's going out. Well, it, it was, but it's a lot more frowned upon in the view in 1980s America, the Soviet Union. Well, I mean, so being gay back then was like, just wasn't, that wasn't. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was gay people had significantly more rights here as far as human I'm rights. Yeah, I'm just saying, America. I don't know if this is over a span of time. I don't give a shit if someone's gay or not, but that really has kind of exploded into this. Like now we have, it went from like a rainbow flag to like a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that what he's talking about? Uh, but th th this, that would be an example of that sliding, sliding scale. scale so it starts time, with yeah. this. And everyone goes, fuck yeah. Like you should fuck who you want. Yeah, I, I don't give I, a shit. I don't care either. You can identify as what you want. But then, it go, and this was Jordan Peterson's bit, was why, am I, why do I have to affirm you though? And if I say that you're not actually a cat... I'm breaking the law. <laughs> he says a cat. Is that a thing? Breaking a law somewhere? Well, in Canada, um, to not use the correct... Um, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Thing, yeah. That is what people... No, but, but that is a, another example of that slide into it. It starts in that place of we agree and then slides into that dissent as he speaks. But you, you said think, earlier... Do you, sorry. do you think that was one of the intentions of that sliding scale from like the 80s being gay, just having the rainbow flag being a thing to like... Where we're at today. I don't think it was done intentionally. It just kind of got there. But it, we've got to the point of where that is one of the main divides between 100%. people. 100%. That goes back to also one of the things that's also thrown inside of schools. you got to see the flag. Yes. And, that, that's, and that is ideology. It's so weird. I know. And there's like, then you see the teachers. We go with the teachers. Now they're trying to yeah. force that kind of stuff on kids. They're not really forced, but they're like, you have to do this. You're like, well, no, I don't really have to do that. Did you say? It's kind of crazy. I fucking laughed. There was these bunch of like alt-right guys try and start their own gender to be a part of the LGBT community and they named it SS after the Germans but it translated to super straight. So what, and this was, it was done somewhat, it was a many a true word spoken in jest but they said we're part of the SS meaning super, and these guys were like pretty hardcore, we're part of the SS being super straight and they're like, we should have our pronoun added to this. And they, they're like, they had like code of ethics of being like, you had to be like a dude and not, and not, and you identify, not gay, and you identify with, identify like with these, like identify with cooking ribs and eating meat. And she, like, it was fucking funny, but they were serious. And their argument was, and there's many a true word spoken in jest, is then why can't we be part of that? And the most dangerous one, is now that we're seeing this rise, and this people think I'm bullshitting. It's fucking true. We're seeing a rise of, and I'll get the name wrong, but it translates basically to people attracted to minors, which is a fucking pedophile. Yeah, I know. I've seen this. Now, if, you if, you, if you guys don't believe them, there's actually a massive... Um, there's a flag to no, represent it. I know, but there's also... Well, they were removed off Twitter, but there's a massive uh, Twitter account. I can't remember. It's, oh, my God. It's either trans against pedophiles or gays against pedophiles. It's it's either one of the two is it the name of it, but that yeah. account is huge now. And they literally all they do, I think it's I think it's gays. Yeah. I think it's gays against pedophiles. And all they do is like a group of gay individuals. I like to say dudes, but it could be, you know, oh fuck it doesn't matter. All that's like their entire life goal is to call hey, out pedophiles. That's literally it. That's oh. all they're doing. I can't remember. Walk the around and shoot 
fucking but, pedophile. <laughs> I know. I, I think that's what yeah, I we were at pig hunting the other day and there's a big fucking cage. Yeah. Okay, I get where you're going with that. <laughs> Throw over there. hundred <laughs> percent. couldn't care less about it. I know, but now I'm but, trying to think. I, so there's, there's another few points on that that I want to bring up. The obsession with gender. I don't care what gender you are, what sexuality you are. I don't care, but... Gays against groomers. Gays against groomers. You know what's kind of crazy is I type I type in gays against, and the number one hashtag is gays against groomers, but they're the first all the ones that pop up first are gays against guns ca- account in different states. Well, um, <laughs> what I was going to say is most well the great societies that have been before us we learned through their artwork that in their final years became obsessed with gender. As well, sexuality, obsessed with it. Why do we have this obsession? Like, why? And is there outside influence? Now, you said before, Rob, you said the time frame is off. The time frame of the Soviet Union ended in 1991. But what he's talking about is communist ideas. Yeah. Communism is very strong still throughout the world. Now, China is hybrid communism. People may not know what I mean by that, but China is a free market if you're in the 1%. So yeah, it's it's a communist country, let's say. And Russia is somewhat half-half. It's sort of hybrid. Russia's sort of hybrid democracy, sort of. So what, what, what I'm getting to is that it doesn't mean that the Soviets were the ones... Maybe they put this in motion and that another communist power, maybe China, whatever, has been the one to continue this on. And look at this, Rob. I'm sorry. What is the influence of TikTok? Oh, that's terrible. So, oh, so terrible. what he's talking about? How would you influence a society now? Yeah. Back in the day, it might have been his newspaper, newspaper whatever that was yeah. called. Now, what is the most popular, most addicting, best TikTok. algorithm as far as addiction? TikTok. Who owns TikTok? China, with the CCP or CC, whatever they are, the Chinese Communist Party, have direct ownership and influence of that. And what it shows Chinese children is very different to what it shows us. So oh, I don't know if you've no, seen no, these. Seen yeah, so seen you go them. to China, it yeah. shows you, it, it benefits in everything, maths, science, education, Chinese propaganda. What it benefits in ours is the influence type bullshit and can drown out other things. So what, where you say the time frame is off, I, yeah, his time frame is off, but it doesn't mean that it hasn't been picked up or continued on or just started again by another power. This whole, this whole episode, I hope, I hope people are actually watching it. I'm sure there's a lot of people getting mad at what we're talking about because there's just, off the wall kind of stuff, but this is actually fairly like pretty mind blowing. And I just want to throw it out there: the the Instagram account I was going to was yeah. Gays Against Groomers. Their initials are gag. gag. Yeah, yeah I, just, I thought of that before. I was going to say. So, so imagine this: we have that four step. We have the four step plan. So you've got demoralization, destabilization, crisis, normalization. So imagine the Chinese and the other ones influencing this through TikTok. Is the demoralization the spicy flu, and is the destabilization? coming through that so these the four steps that this guy broke down is how the communists would do it soviet doesn't exist russia influence isn't that great at the moment with other things but that is was the rona because we now know the leading cause leading theory was the lab leak we know that's the leading theory you know what's kind of crazy about us even saying that on this channel this channel is not allowed and has still not received one of these the play button because i said that Yes. No, I want you to. But now it's been proven to be I know, correct. Well, I've actually correct, but the most leading theory. But I submitted an appeal to YouTube and they said, due to 
certain things, I'm still yeah. not allowed to receive misinformation any of that. or something. Mis- mis- misinformation, yeah. So it's oh, not misinformation. So is this what did that start there? And is it being carried through TikTok? Things like this. TikTok is a thing, yeah. So because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military industrial complex from destroying what is whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits, no technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic, two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless, they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at the time of peace. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. So he speaks at that educate yourself, and I believe that this is the key to everything. Of if someone who didn't know thought about explained Marxism to me, I thought oh, that's a good idea. When you look into it, look at the history of it, look what happened. You'll very quickly be turned off by it. And I think that lack of education, like I see people wearing around a hammer and sickle on the left, but on the right you see people wearing um, a Nazi symbol, a swastika, or the right of the sun, and you're like, if you if you knew what those do. I would like to think 99% of moral, ethical people would be disgusted by it. Yeah, and moral, ethical people aren't wearing a swastika. Well, Let's just wh- no, but moral, ethical people can be persuaded to believe it. The I guess people anybody can be persuaded to do anything, but if you're not, if you don't have moral boundaries, you wouldn't have to, it's not really something you have to, not in I, this day and age, no. I, I, I think that ideology, the I, I believe two things, ideology knowledge. and religion read a, lead moral and ethical people to do vastly unethical and unmoral things at which they their character would never do. They're the two things that, and there's a lot of um, proof over history of this happening, that those, the people who are at university significantly more intelligent than like I, but wearing a hammer and sickle, it's not that they're unmoral, unethical, it's that they don't understand what that actually stands for. And I think you have the same of people who are these alt-right figures who don't really understand, like, oh, we, we wear this, and I, I agree with what um, Himmler or Hitler said, here or here or here, but it's like, you, but you don't see what this actually is, you know, see how that actually pans out, that it's sort of surface-level notes. And, and look at the morality, look at the morality in the Christian church. That's where most people would say the, the key of morality and ethics, yeah, the commandments, this and that, was raided with pedophiles throughout of it, which is the most unethical thing you can have. So, I don't think it was a Christian church. I think it was Catholic. Catholic church. Catholic, yes. Significant difference there. Either way. <laughs> well, not a significant, but the big enough to where you <laughs> definitely get called out for that. That's fine. Christian and Catholic. Well, well, we can look at look at religion for pushing unethical um, things of, of all religion. So, and but it's not that the people and what they preach isn't that. It's that ideology and religion can lead people astray on that. And I believe the same. I don't believe anyone is, at their heart, unethical, unmoral. But 
I have an idea that people can be easily persuaded into things that I think they'd be unbelievable. And the best one, Jack Barsky, who's another... Sorry, one one sec. Jack Barsky, who's the KGB defector, talks about he how he was the biggest believer in communism ever. That he, he drank the Kool-Aid, loved it. And when he came to America, actually saw the other side, was like, whoa. That's what I was about shit. to ask you, same kind of deal. If you were in Nazi Germany in 41... 99.9% of people marched along with the crowd. That's what I'm saying. So it, it gets Mo- the same kind of mindset. Most people thing. think that they'll be the 1%, the 0.1%. No one's really part of the 0.1%. I'm saying if you're, you get the, the point you're making is actually pretty valid. If you're surrounded by a certain amount of people that are persuading you to do certain things, you're going to end up doing it. You hang out with... Yeah. Echo chamber. Yeah. You create an echo chamber, you start believing it. There's a lot of scientific experiments on this. Yeah. Of you get 10 people in a room and oh, what's two plus two? Everyone says five, you say four. And eventually, and they continue with this process, and eventually that person starts saying five. There's a lot of people, a lot of people who are in certain communities that I think down heart of hearts do not believe what the shit is getting spewed out. I, 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 I do not believe it. But on the surface level, they go with it. And I think that is, that that's basically what he's saying is you have to push back against nonsense. Hmm. So there's a, there's a ending piece in this that I want to, and this is Willie's um, tinfoil hat going on, is what if the Russian, Ukrainian and, uh, what if the, oh my God, let me start again. Sorry, Charles. What if the Ukraine-Russia conflict was never to take Ukraine, but to further speed up a divide in the community amongst demoralisation and destabilisation as this is becoming such a hot topic politically and currently is the biggest divide amongst people in the West. This answers the question of why Russia would sacrifice so much for Ukraine. Russia is already a massive country with massive resource. What is it in Ukraine that they want? Now, we know Crimea, the shoreline, access to the Black Sea, Sea of Azov, whatever. But could it be to create more division in society of um, division between the parties and the powers. So you've got the left and the right very much picked decisions on this. So you'll lead into the most hotly debated um, political election ever coming up that people already think are fake elections with a war going on that is so politically driven. Could this be a hangover carry-on through whoever China's secret intelligence is or FSB, G8, G8, whatever they're bloody... G-R-U-G-U, one's Ukrainian, one's Russian. But could that, that is, that's, I'm not saying it's that, but that's my take of, if I were to put a, what a tinfoil hat on. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just think they're greedy, they have nothing going on, and they're bored. Hmm. That's, that's my non-tinfoil hat from what I'm looking at. Also, yeah. they're pretty terrible at what they're doing. They're and most sure. will say this, though, that the, the military power of the Soviets was, you know, whatever. But things like the KGB were incredibly effective. And the, the, the power they had was huge. And this would lead down the path too of like Russian literature and um, stuff like that is brilliant. Like some of the best authors ever were like Dostoevsky, things like that. Back in the 1800s, incredibly smart people who, who can still impact societies today. So that one side may be very poor as far as the military, whatever, but influence can be very good. I'm glad that you uh, spearheaded this thing because my mind has melted a little bit too much over the last hour. So I do appreciate you. 
I appreciate everybody who, who sat through this and actually listened to this far into the episode. I do love you guys. We'll catch you up with some more stuff here in the next day or so that's been happening instead of be great. Thank you so much. We're out. Cheers.